Welcome to another episode of Baggers Chat. My name is Mitch Panson. As we're always, we're joined by Ethan Daffy. And today we are previewing once again. Last week we said <laughs> for the semi-final. We can't believe we're previewing a semi-final. The week before, we couldn't believe that we were previewing an elimination <laughs> final. This week we're previewing a preliminary final. So um, of course, we are traveling up to the Gabba to take on the Brisbane Lions uh Saturday, 5:15 p.m. at the Gabba. Um, massive game uh, in, in your wildest dreams. We are one win off a grand <laughs> final. So first things yeah. first, Daffy more importantly, how are you? How are you feeling? How was your week? Um, and how excited are you for, for this week? No, I'm good, Pato. I, um, you know, as Carlton supporters in this time where uh, a lot of our energy and time is going into thinking about you know whether it's whether it's content we're bringing out or just thinking about Carlton as a whole, watching uh, highlights and thinking about opposition players that might not or might be playing this week. Uh, it's kind of that. It's just it's it's unbelievable, like you said. Uh, you know, it's a pre a prelim final we're talking about here. It's uh, it's no pushover. I, I feel like if you make the prelim final, um, I feel like the year. You know, depends what your goal. Obviously, the ultimate goal right now is Premiership, which I think we can get. Of course, yeah. I'm looking at the Premiership, but. I think if you make when you make that prelim, it's just that moment where you like you're the top four teams. I feel like winning that elimination is like okay, that's good. But when you if you win a semi and make a prelim, that means you're the real deal. And I think now we are the real deal um, in terms of pushing for a premiership now. And you look at the four teams. I think there's some pretty good football to be played this weekend with you know Friday nights Collingwood Giants, who Giants are in great form, absolute great form, similar to us. Um, I think both of us, I read today on Twitter that Carlton's mid-season turnaround is the best in the history of the game. Yeah. Um, from I think it's the latest a team's been in the bottom four to play in a prelim. So we were re- bottom four in round 15. And then the Giants are second all time. Yeah. Second all time. And we broke their own record in the same season. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a good time to be a blue bag of paddock. Yeah, well, of course, as um, as you just said, then I, like the, the two teams, like, we actually broke the record because, of course, we were the last team that's kind of been able to make a prelim and we were so far down on the ladder. But also, as you just said, Giants are the next team, which is unbelievable to have two teams in one year in AFL history to be able to come back. And I think the AFL headline was, it was it, it's the easiest, the greatest comeback of all time. And I reckon it has to be because yep. us supporters, like Carlton supporters were pretty much looking towards next year, looking towards draft picks, all this. And we've been saying this for, for every week. We just still can't believe that we're in the position of not even just playing finals. We're in a, like a prelim. So yes. even, even just to come back where we were 15th on the ladder, as you just said, and to be able to find our way and to regroup as a, as a club um, and to really challenge towards, as you said, like now that, now that we're past that semifinal um I guess later, like just over that win. Now we're over to a prelim and we're like, anyone can win because now there's four teams standing and yep. we now go into next week and oh, who knows, who knows, but we're going to get straight into it, Duffy boy. So we'll, we'll start off with our potential inclusions. Um, There were two injuries that came out, out from last week that, I mean, Blake Akers is a little bit different because it's just been an ongoing injury from that collarbone injury against the GWS Giants by memory. But um, he he seems fine. Um, he was very sore after he kicked that goal. If you watch um a few seconds later after he celebrated and went off the ground, he was very sore. Um, and a lot of Carlton supporters were quite worried about that. But it just seems like he's he seems like the guy that he will play no matter what. Like even yeah. if he just has to put his his body through the absolute limit and he has to have surgery at, at the end of the year, which a lot of players are seeming like they will. Um, yeah, he's just a player that will do every single thing in his um in his will to move everything out of the way to make sure that he's in that prelim final on Saturday. But also the other player that we'll touch on is, of course, Sam Doherty. And his, he, of course, had a dislocated shoulder through the game. Um, at that point in time, we were we were all thinking as Carlton supporters that he was done for the game, was probably done for the season. Um, and he's found a way to, to, more importantly, play out the rest of the game. But also now he's in the contention of playing this weekend um, against the Lions. And my opinion is, I think he plays. 
The, the, he played so well towards the end of the game. There's no reason why we can't see that on, on prelim final day either. But um, yeah. those two names, Daffy Boy, how important are these guys for this Saturday uh, in the prelim? Well, yeah, 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 you know, you said it perfectly. I think his last half an hour of the game was probably his best half an hour. I thought he had a good game as a whole, but I think um, he really stepped up. And to be able to, you know, drive his legs and kick it as long as he did in that last kick on last quarter legs, last minute legs yep. is uh, is just uh, admirable. And, um, yeah, I think both of them are so important. Obviously, they're two guys who won us the game in terms of the, the last play of the game. But also, I think they're just two, you know, steady heads in the lineup that, you know, really provide that kind of calmness um, and, and just 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 solid contests around the ball and they're good bo- big bodies. Um, and obviously, they've played a lot of football in their time. So, um, they must play on on Saturday. They must play on Saturday. But yeah, um, but for me, you know, a little bit of a sneak peek in terms of lineup. I think Ollie Hollands will be the sub again because uh, you've got two guys who play the wing who are a little bit, you know, not under. I don't think they're underdone. I just think they're just sore, just sore bodies currently. And um, the way Ollie played, I, I wouldn't even um, be unhappy if he played a whole game. Yeah, yeah. Well, completely spot on. And we'll we'll now move straight into the ins and outs. And this is a conversation where it's what we're going to do because right now I know that there's two absolute ins like the exact same as last, um, last week, I think it was where we had pretty much two locked in players to come back in. I think it was the um, eliminations uh, final, sorry. And you have two locked in players, but who are you going to bring out? And I think it's the same sort of conversation, uh, conversation this week where it's Harry Mackay and Jack Martin both need to play because of course, Harry Mackay will hopefully he's recovered from, his concussion. It seems like he's all good to go. Green light um, ahead for the for the prelim final. So it seems like he's good to go. And of course, Jack Martin is over his one game suspension. A bit of a, a bit of an unlucky suspension in my opinion. But we'll move on from that because we're of course playing a prelim this week with Jack Martin playing. But he will play this week hundred uh, percent. But Harry McCoy is a bit of a touch and go. But but it still seems like he's well and truly ready to go because I think he'll um, he'll do everything to play. And if he is fit, he's hundred percent playing. So. The, con- yep. the conversation's done with that. The conversation whether Charlie Curnow plays better without Harry Mackay, that's over. Because yep. last week he was shown that without Harry Mackay there for Charlie, doesn't help him. But when they're both playing, we're we're a better side. And there's people that can say Harry, Harry Mackay's shit, all, all, all this stuff. It, it pretty much shows right now that Harry Mackay is one of our most important players out there. Because the structure-wise in the, in the sure. front line, unbelievably underrated. I still think he's underrated by a country mile. Um, I think the work that he does, like, of course, he's the one guy that would love to put his hand up and say, I, I know that I need to actually finish on the scoreboard. Yeah. I know, like He knows that, but yeah. I hope he also knows that he's so important and he's so detrimental to this team that when he gets his body out on the field um, on, on Saturday night um, for, for the prelim, he's going to hopefully mentally he knows how important he is. But Daffy Boy, ins and outs, who are you bringing in and who are you bringing out? And also name your sub. I know I know that you've given a bit, a, a bit of a sneak peek for Ollie Hollands, but um, maybe some other options as well for a sub. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think this week's probably a little bit easier than the weeks prior um, in terms of selection. I've got two changes for this game. Um and I was reading someone's tweet last night and it almost got me to three changes. Um, but I'm just gonna hold I'm just gonna hold off on that and I'm just gonna go with what I was gonna originally go with. Like we say every week, both of us, whatever happens at the selection table, we're gonna, you know, support that, you know, call. Um, I feel like our selection um the last, you know, twelve or so weeks has been really, really, really good. And um I think selection's so important in terms of winning the game. I think Melbourne really set themselves up to lose the game on the weekend. Um, in terms of they didn't use their sub, which could what's the point of that selection? And, you know, they didn't pick Grundy. So it, it ultimately did hurt them. It actually did hurt them quite a bit. But um they're off the bar this week. We're playing prelim, but on to ins and outs. Um, obviously, like the two names you touched on, for me, it's Harry and and, and Jack Martin in the side. Um, it's going to be good to have Jack Martin have the, have the week off, uh, rest the legs, rest those soft tissues that we uh, always talk about. And <laughs> uh, yeah, with Harry, I, I just think you know, I think per, I think it's been a disappointing year personally for him. 
um, in terms of form. I, I don't think he's been up to where I think he can play. Yeah. Uh, in terms of um, scoreboard pressure, like you said, uh, I think, you know, he's kicked 27 goals this year. I know he's had a few injuries and stuff like that. It's probably not good enough, but um, like you said, structurally crucial, absolutely crucial. And um, for some reason, there's something about this game that I feel like he's going to, he's going to stand up in it and kick a couple goals. It's, all the eyes are on Charlie's form in the minute, and I think Harry can can really help that out. And obviously, Jack Martin structurally wise is needed. Um, the outs for me, um, I've got Matt Kennedy out uh, for Jack Martin. I, I think I, I had no issues with Kennedy's game on on the Friday night, but um, I just think Jack Martin in a in a prelim final is is going to be massive, and I just don't think Kennedy has that spot at half forward and. Um, for Harry, obviously, it probably takes off a little bit of forward time for TDK. Um, he'll still play out there a bit. I just don't think he'll play there as much as he did on the weekend. Um, so I've, I've dropped David Cunningham, who I thought really struggled on the weekend, um, which led to him being subbed. Um, oh, I thought the sub was actually going to be used earlier. Yep. Um, the dock, and then obviously they subbed off Cunners, but... Um, yeah, we love Cunners. Uh, I think if he does play, I'm not going to be against it, because I think the Gabba, you just need leg, leg speed um, at that ground. And he does provide that, but I just feel like he's been off the pace the last couple weeks for mine. Yeah, well, I completely agree. And, and, and as you said then, like about, about the leg speed at the Gabba, this is like, there's there's some changes I've made and, and I'm going to keep them where, where they are. But there's two names that, I mean, my ins and my ins are the exact same as yours. My, other out is exactly the same, but there's two names that I want to try and speak about where I want okay, your yep. opinion about yeah, for sure. whether you think it's kind of um, valid that this guy should be dropped. So, of course, Harry Mackay and Jack Martin are brought, um, I'm bringing into the side, of course. Um, I like the idea of Pitto and Teddy K playing as the ruck and Teddy K transitioning forward. And then when Pitnet is not in the ruck, he goes off the ground. Love that, love that, because because we saw on the weekend where when he wasn't in the ruck, he went off in TDK. Yes. So so TDK played a fantastic game on the weekend because he was pretty much on the ground the whole time. Like of course he came off yeah. a bit, but he was on mm. the ground for most of the time. And when he was in the forward line, that was kind of his resting period until he dominated yeah. in the ruck. So in Harry McKay and Jack Martin out, Matt Kennedy completely agree. Um, yeah. It's just stiff. Like we all know that he's not a half forward and hopefully heading into next year, it's going to be an interesting sort of chat where Kennedy is going to hopefully be in this best 22, but what spot can he find in this best 22? That's the, that's, that's the, that's the discussion. Now the other players, so I have Cunningham. So I have Cunningham as the other out. Ching Cotter. Ching Cotter. So So this is the conversation where, the leg speed, because I, I was think, thinking the exact same thing, where at Brisbane you need leg speed, you need legs, you need speed. And that's why Chincotta, he's not necessarily fast. Because I'm almost thinking about Mitch McGovern as well. Those are the Ooh. two guys. And, and and I think Gov has to play. He definitely has to play. Yeah. But in terms of leg speed, I think we just go... I mean, we will touch on the, the, the key matchups, of course, later on. But I think we are quite tall in the defense anyway, because... We just would go straight to a um to a, to a Danaher or a Hipwood. Kemp will go on the other key to, key forward. Other than that, we don't really expect Jack Gunson to play. You probably need some smalls down there because you've got Rayner, Bailey, Charlie Cameron, Lincoln McCarthy. There's these guys yeah. that are these small forwards that really get speed, like they they really get going when they actually have some area in front of them. And that's what at, at the Gabba, you always see goals kicked right on the goal line because it's guys like Charlie Cameron and Zach Bailey sprinting away and get and getting an easy goal straight on the goal line. So Chin Connor and Cunningham Duffy Boy, do you like the um I guess do you like the I don't know how to explain it. Like the Chin Connor being dropped, is it a bit harsh because he's been very good the past two weeks and pretty much the whole year. Yeah, I yeah it's it's a tough one. Um no, I really like Chink. Oh, I think he has to play. Um, yeah. I think he has the ability to lock down one of their best small forwards. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. So, so so you're bringing in Harry and 
Jack Martin, Martin. for for Kennedy and Chincotta. So you're losing well, a defender. Well, right now I'm getting Chincotta out. Yes. So Doherty could go in as a defender. Oh, as a defender. Okay. So you're kind of gaining a defender, but you're also losing a midfielder. But that means that Cottrell and Akers can have full-on wing time. And then if you yep. need to have a wingman there, you could always transition Doherty forward. Because in total, we have yep. six defenders anyway without, without yep. Chincotta. So mm-hmm. it like that, that, it's right now. I'm gonna say Mackay and Martin are in for Kennedy and Cunningham. I think that's definitely what's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ching Cotter gets dropped either. I okay. wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I like the mature the mature body of Ching Cotter because he's 26, and yeah. yes, he's not experienced in AFL football, but he's experienced as a player. So mm. that's why I think I think. I just think Chincotta will stay in for mine, but it's just a conversation where maybe you do drop one of these guys and Doherty would go back. So it's just a conversation. But right now I will go the, the exact I've gone I've gone a bit of the easy part <laughs> where I've I, I will just keep uh keep the same way, same same ins and outs with you. But my sub is Matt Kennedy. Okay, yeah. So mine's a little bit different. So instead of Ollie Hollands coming in as that winger, I I like I loved him on the weekend. Yeah. But I think I would like to have the contested ball as the sub because you know that McKenney can play anywhere as well. So he can play half forward, yeah. perform quite well um, in a semi-final against the D's. But also if, if you lose a mid, you can trust that he will go into, to, into the mid as well um, and dominate. But of course, that's the ins and outs. And now we'll move on to the ground overview. Um, as always, we touch on the back line, midfield, ruck and forwards. But as we always do, we're going to, Touch on the back line first, and and it's a bit of a anticipated matchup, and it's Nick Newman up against Cam Rayner. So of course, Cam Rayner is a former number one pick. I think this year has been by far his best year. Um, I think he's well and truly found his his position in in that forward line. He was kind of experimented into that half back flank at the start of the year. Brisbane knew that they that it just didn't work. You you, you then put a guy like Cam Rayner up forward, and he's been very very good. So. Um, but also to touch on Jacob Wiedering, who does he play on, in your opinion, Daffer Boy? And also Adam Saad, do you think it's quite clear that he goes straight to Charlie Cameron or is there anyone else that um, you think he might go to? But to try and focus on Nick Newman and Cam Rayner, Daffer Boy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, they've got a lot of options up forward. Um, the Lions, um, it's it's really hard to pick the matchups. I think I think the Cameron one with Saad, I think that's probably terms of speed. I think he can pretty much match um charlie cameron who's you know he's been had a fantastic season um for sure and um i think he is he leading their goal kicking he's got to be up there i think i think he yeah. might be yeah i think he is he has to be. Um, but i think when they're when, when he's on they're on for sure so that's going to be an interesting one but yeah with with newey and rayner it's um you know rayner i can never put a finger on how he's performing sometimes i just it, it, he's an interesting player like you said they they experimented him back which i just didn't really understand um he's the he's the perfect type of explosive forward they have. Um and you know, they've also got uh, Zach Bailey in there who I reckon's an absolute star. So yeah, it's uh Newman probably goes to Rayner, but then you also got if Chink plays and then um there, there was a few tweets out there about Jordan Boyd, but um because because you look you think about Marchbank in terms of speed, does he does he play? I'm not sure because it's 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 so interesting. It's it's so interesting because there's so many different defenders that can go into that six, um, you know, and, you know, I've read that tweet about Boyd and in my head I'm going, fuck, he'd actually be all right um, in this type of game. So it's, I think Newey will get the job done on, on Rayner or whoever he's on. I think for me with Newman, it's what he does with ball in hand. Um, he's just got to clean up that area because um, he had 10 claimers on the weekend. But I think he had a really good game apart from that. Uh, I just think, his ability to take marks, he's good on the ground. He's kind of that. He he doesn't look fast, but he can keep up with forwards. It's it's he's a bit of a weird type of defender in terms of you're not sure what the hell he's gonna do because he can take marks in packs, but then go and then his ball use is really good on uh, most of the time. So, and with waiters, Danaher and Hipwood just frustrate me, man. You can't. The matchups are so hard because they're they're 
pretty athletic, both of them, uh, in a sense. I don't think they're like a Harry Mackay. Well, Harry Mackay is athletic as well, but they're not that key forward like a Tom Hawkins where Weedering will go straight to Hawkins. You know what I mean? Like Danaher and Hipwood, they they switch. Both One goes high, one goes low. It's like it's going to be a real, you know, pull pull and push lever type um, kind of kind of affair there. So for me, Weeders, he's been good on any opponent. He's he's even picked up smalls in in some minutes of the games. I think on the weekend he had, um, I think he had Cozzy for about two or three minutes. I couldn't believe, but he actually was actually <laughs> like keeping keeping track with him. So I think it's more about our back six. We can't allow them to have one on ones. We've got to you know force them long because I think that's our bread and butter. And I think that's what hurt Melbourne on the weekend when they were going long. We were able to cover it off. Um, my one challenge for the back line is take more marks. Take more marks. So I think on the weekend that let us down just a little bit when there was a time to take a mark and, you know, Marchie was up or Weeders was up in the probably in the second half of the game when you need that kind of take the air out of it a bit. They just dropped it sometimes. And then it goes to a ball on the deck. Cozzies, all those types of guys are in there. And look at Brisbane, mate. They've got Cameron, Bailey, all these other guys, midfielders running through there, Dunkley's. Like, they've got a really, really good team when I, when I start naming those players. So it's uh, going to be interesting, Pato, but we back him in every week, don't we? Yep. Completely spot on, Daffy Boy. Completely spot on. <laughs> but we got it. So earlier when you said about Charlie Cameron being yeah. the leading goal scorer for Brisbane, all I thought he was an absolute lock that he was the leading goal scorer. Go? He's not. He's not. He's he's one goal behind Joey Danaher. Yeah, I, I didn't think Joey Danaher has had that good of a season, but it shows there that it, like he's he's yeah, yeah. goal kickers right now behind Green, Larky Walker, and of course this guy called Charlie Charlie Kerno. <laughs> I don't know who I don't know who who that is, Daffy Boy, but he's on eighty goals or something, so he must be pretty good. Um, <laughs> no, but that that surprised me because I saw it. I'm like, oh okay. Well, Joey Danaher is obviously one goal in front of Charlie Cameron, but. Um, no, I completely agree about the the Hipwood Danaher switching because I think Weeders would have to go straight to Danaher to start off with. But when Danaher yeah. goes into the ruck, which he has yeah. been that second ruck, probably Weeders would probably go straight to a Hipwood. But because I also did see it against Sydney as well. Um, I think Weeders went straight to Tom Papley when 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 like a um a Logan McDonald or a McLean went off the ground. Yeah, he just went straight to Papley because Weeders doesn't spend much time off the ground, so no. yeah. he he pretty much stays on on the ground the whole game. And mm-hmm. I, I, if if a if a Charlie Cameron, I mean, I don't think he'll go to Charlie Cameron, but I think he might go to a maybe a Lincoln McCarthy because airily he's quite solid. So yeah. Weeders could kind of hold um, a McCarthy down to a to a stretch. But um, yeah, no, I think it's well said about all those players. So we'll now move on. To the midfield, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a ball magnets uh sort of matchup, and it's of course uh, Paddy Cripps against Lockie Neal. So of course both um, I mean of course of course Paddy Cripps is the captain, and of course Lockie Neal this year has been their co-captain um alongside Harris Andrews. But uh, this is a big matchup, and another player before a transi- transition to you, Duff, is Hugh McCluggage, and he had a super a super game against Port Adelaide, and I think he's still been quite solid this year. Um, I know that he's had some down games and I think his his football is very similar to Cozzy Pickett. His best is very yeah. high, but yeah. when he's not on, he's he, he, he's quite vulnerable. So um, to touch on Paddy Cripps v Lockie Neal, Duffy Boy, but to touch on Hugh McCluggage and if you think we need to put some attention to him, um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I um I think the Brisbane Lions base their game off their, their midfield um and their impact on the game. I think, you know, you look at their midfield, I'm just looking through their names from their from their qualifying final right now. And you you know, you look at their midfield, you know, Neils, Berries, Dunkley's, McCluggage, Zorkos, um, you know, Bailey, Rayner, they can all run through the middle. So they've got a lot of names they can run through there um, and kick goals. I think that's a massive part of being a good football side and having midfielders kick goals and um, what happened on the weekend we had you know Sam Walsh kick two and you know it, it just leads to wins you know I think it takes a load off forwards and it, it just it gives it a bit more threat around the stoppage um, forward of the ball but yeah just on on what you're saying in terms of matchups Cripps v Neil um, you know two Brownlow medalists um, you know I, I rate Neil pretty highly um, you know I don't want to talk too too much up about them, but you got to respect the way they go about it. And 
Um, you know, he's always a top five midfielder in the comp the last couple of years. And that's for, there's no, you know, the, the reason why he is, is because he performs week in, week out yeah. um, for, the, for this Brisbane Lions outfit. And despite them not winning a premiership, he's been consistent every single season he's played for him um, since he's come over from the Dockers. So yeah, with Cripper, uh, I think, you know, I think he was his best, um, get, like best final last week compared to the week before. I think he was tagged by Mills. It was a bit of a different um, kind of environment in terms of the midfields on the weekend, but Cripps, he can get the job done. Uh, I think for me, and I think he's going to be a, you know, an uncaged animal come uh, Saturday afternoon. I think uh, I read another tweet. I've been all over the Twitter today, just reading through people <laughs> what they're saying, what they're saying, because I'm all excited. But um, someone said, you know, right now, I think players like Cripps are going to think, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to be here before. We we can't let this slip. We can't let this slip because you don't get off, you know, next year, who knows? Like, hopefully we're playing finals and hopefully we're playing in grand finals next year. But Right now, um, we've got to focus on winning this game because you don't get many opportunities to win a grand final with the momentum you have, the injury luck we have currently, touch wood. Yeah. So he's going to be going really hard. McClunkage, really good. Um, he had a really good game that qualifying. I think the one you know negative of his game is that his uh, accuracy in front of goal has been um, the issue and people often talk about that, but they don't often talk about what he does around the ground and stuff like that. So, you know, he's a really good player and he gets him up and about and He's young as well. I think he's like 26, 27. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's interesting the way um, both teams started their rebuilds the exact same time in 26, you know, start of 2016, 15. And remember everyone used to talk about us in Brisbane? It's always talk about us in Brisbane. And 2018, they went finals. We went bottom. Down, and yeah. now, we, now we meet again with that list, with the lists we've been building over these years and evolving we finally meet in a in a you know a prelim final that people were picking both of our teams to be good at the same time, so it's going to be interesting that. Yeah, it's actually a really good conversation that because I never really thought of it like that. Where 2015 we were, I think I think we were last of um, last on the ladder of course, but I think Brisbane was second last, so we yeah. were both very very <laughs> awkward. But it just shows how crazy the I guess the rebuilds have gone where. 2018, as you just mentioned, we were last on the ladder with two wins, and Brisbane were. I think they made they made the prelim, didn't they? So, I think oh, the 2019. So 2019, they, yeah. So 2019, what did we come third last, and they came second. Yes, yes, I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, like, but still 2018, they were still solid, and they were of course still better than us because we were. We got two wins. <laughs> I'm not going to go back to that. So. Uh, <laughs> But it's really well put also about the injuries and making sure that you make the most out of this opportunity right now, where pretty much the only player that isn't playing that's an absolute lock in our best 22 is Zach Williams. That's pretty pretty much the only player. And it's quite quite fascinating to imagine where next year, when we have an inclusion like Zach Williams... What that what that does to a, a guy like Nick Newman, who's who's done really well this year, Chin Cotter, Marchbank, Kempi, all these guys that Zach Williams, you just know that you have to make way for because you know the type of player he is. Um, I think it's going to be a once again. It's I mean we're not even going to talk about it at the end of the season because we're still in this season, but it, it's really well put where you need to make the most of this opportunity right now because as we all know, they don't come often. So you make right. the most of them right now and the pressure's on, but yep. the pressure's been on the past two weeks. So, and they're yeah, not coming off a high where on the weekend they won a game. They didn't play at all. So they, and it, and it happens a lot in, in, in finals football where the first half, the players are starting to regroup again because they're like, shit, we haven't really experienced this for two weeks. It's hard. Yeah. And, and it's yep. such a short term, but it actually matters a lot. So, mm. That's just why it, you can see from both sides where pros are, yet they've had the week off with a rest. But the other side yeah. is we haven't played football, though, the past week. So yeah. it's a big conversation. But now we're going to move on to a highly anticipated matchup once again, which is Mark Pittnett up against the big O, Oscar McInerney. <laughs> so um, I, I still rate McInerney very, very highly. I think he's probably arguably top three ruckman in the comp right now. I still think... He's very, very solid. But, of course, TDK and Danaher, who we assume will be be the second ruck um, for the Brisbane Lions on the 
on the weekend, happy boy. How do you see this matchup playing out, Pito and McInerney? But of course, uh, TDK v Danaher. Yeah, it's. Oh, I agree. I think McInerney's definitely one of the you know elite ruckmen, and oh, I think he's had to work his way up in terms of his ability. You know, I think I remember being at a VFL Grand Final in 2016. He was playing for Casey um, Demons, so he's he's gone through you know a few years of VFL, got picked up by the Lions, and now look at him. So yeah. you know, shout out to him because it's not an easy thing to do. I think people just go like, oh yeah, these guys. You know, look at Chinkotta. Like he's 26 and he's had to work his way through a couple ACLs and. Um, all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's really good to see. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Pito. Oh, I think I think he, he can get it done, though, in terms of around, like in terms of ruck contest, stoppage work. I think Pito's stoppage work is, you know, it, it's probably actually not, you know, one of the best. He's got to be one of the best tap ruckman in the competition in terms of hit-outs to advantage because um, he dictates a lot in, in, the, in the ruck contest and that helps our mids massively. People don't talk about it. Because he has these six disposal games, but he has thirty hitouts, and most of those hitouts are going straight down the throat of Walshy and Cripper and Chairs and all those types of players. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to match up. I think for, for to minimise McInerney's impact, it's head, it's forward of the ball because he kicks goals. He kicks goals all the time. So, um, whether he's when he's in the ruck and he's going forward, Pito's got to keep lock on him. When he goes forward, I'd imagine Weeders probably goes to him. Um, so that's another another tool in their forward line that they can put down there. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting, but I, I know that Pito can get the job done in terms of around the ground ruck contest wise because they're both big bodies. You know, they're not um, like TDK and Danahoo, who I'll touch on now. And um, it, it's TDK's game from the weekend. You know that, that his first quarter kept us in the game. Oh, I think you know what twenty one or two down, he gets a couple goals, gets us up and about, and straight back into the game. So. Um, with Danaher, you know, he's a second ruck, but, you know, he's not a ruck in a sense. He's, he's not a ruck. But, uh, let's just be, let's just be real here. Um, and if Teddy K is facing him as a second ruck, I, I can see Teddy K beating him around the contest and uh, beating him around the ball too, in, in terms of getting the like, ground balls and stuff. Teddy K is just, we are lucky to have him. We are seriously lucky to have him. Um, what is he, 24? And he's really coming into his own. And his best game was in the semi final. Um, at the MCG. So uh, I back both Pitto and Teddy K and it's worked well. Uh, they've worked well together in the last, what, 10 weeks or so, which has been really, really good to see because I think the common conversation we had on Bagger Chat was, is the ruck, is the ruck mix working? Um, we had some weeks where we had Lewis Young and Silvani as our rucks. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be a conversation because other teams always throw different challenges at you in terms of their second rucks and first rucks. So, yeah, in terms of that, I think we uh, we can definitely hold our own. Yeah, it's really well said because even el- earlier on in the year, I actually remember saying that the Ruckman is a dying position. And I still yeah. think it is in a sense of it's not where it's, – it's not like the Ruck position isn't where it used to be. But I still mm. think like – I think the conversation where Pitto and TDK working together, I'm so pleased that it's worked in the yeah. crunch time of the season because – when you needed a few crucial hitouts, you knew Peter was going to win it. And if you yep. needed a few marking contests down the line, you knew TDK was going to mark it. Like, like yep. these two guys working together and the cohesion between the two, it's been yep. pretty pretty sensational. But um, so so before we touch on the forward line, you you touch on there about about of course Big O going into the forward line and what we're going to do to try and stop that. You touch on there about where does potentially go in a big O. Do you see that happening 100% or do you see whether Weirdes is on a, a like a hip wood, do you see him staying on him for the whole game or when big O comes forward, do you maybe see a, um, a shift in, um, in matchups? I think size-wise you have to have Weedering on him. I think you can – I think we've got – well, Kemp, Gut, McGovern and Marchbank can cover Hipwood and Danaher, in my opinion, um, when McInerney goes forward. Oh, I think McInerney's too big. On, on our other on our other back. So yeah, he's he's a mismatch. Ruckman are always mismatches up forward. It's just about how you use them. So it's um it's gonna be important when McInerney goes forward that we aren't allowing him to have a run and jump of the ball. You know, because <laughs> look at the size of the man. He's he's what is he, 18 feet tall and 400 kilos. So it's uh you know it's good. it's a tough matchup for anyone, even Weeders who's the size of a of a truck. So um yeah. 
Okay, so now we will move on to, once again, a very anticipated matchup for the weekend, and it's uh, Charlie Kerno up against the co-captain, Harris Andrews. So, of course, there's a bit of conversation, and and, and um, I'll get you to touch on um, a bit of news, Daffy Boy, about uh, Jack Payne, but we aren't too sure if Harris Andrews will go to Charlie Kerno or or whether Jack Payne um, will go, go to Charlie Kerno, or, of course, with Harry McCoy coming back in, whether those two, we aren't too sure um, who goes to whom, but of course, uh, earlier on in the year, uh, Harris Andrews went straight to Harry McKay and um, and Jack Payne went to Charlie Kerner. And as you touched on before we started the episode, uh, Duffy Boy, Jack Payne actually played quite quite well on um, Charlie Kerner. But before I transition to you, Jack Martin and Jesse Motlop, very excited to see them two together um, to play a good, um, well, we expect Jesse Motlop to stay in. Um, and I'm very excited to see those two um, actually go to battle um, on Saturday night together. And of course, my last question before I trans- transition to you, Daffy Boy, is do we put some work into Connor McKenna? So McKenna is one of those guys that's the rebounding um, creativity sort of defender where he yep. can really, um, it, it doesn't seem like he has much of a plan when he gets the ball, but most of the time it works out. So What's your thoughts on that? But also touch on um Charlie Kerner and also to make sure um and and also make sure that you touch on uh, Jack Payne and the news you uh you have at the moment. Yeah, so obviously I'll just start off with the whole Kerno matchup. I, I think you know based on what I've seen, obviously Jack Gunston's fit to play, um and Jack Payne had a moonbird on last week, but I think there was more to get rid of the swelling of his ankle injury, and um they reckon he'll play you'll have a final fitness test, but most likely they just do that precautionary. So I think he will play, um, which is a big in for them. Oh, I think it frees up Harris Andrews massively. Oh, I think Harris Andrews one-on-one when he's forced to go one-on-one isn't as good as when he's um, flying over packs and taking grabs, which is his strength. Clearly that's his strength and, you know, good on him. That's just the way their back six works. Um, but yeah, oh, I think if Payne's fit, they've got to go him on Kerno and then, um, when they try to double team Kerno, they'll probably go Andrews over the top. That's what they did all last time we played him. I know, I know, ball use in that first half of the year was uh, pretty, uh, pretty grim going forward. So it didn't help our forwards anyway, and it definitely helped them massively. So, yeah, you know, what can you do? We got what can you do? You know, like we've got good forwards up there. Um, we should be able to get the job done forward of the ball. Um, if 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 we're good enough, if if we're good enough, and. Um, yeah, so I'd imagine Payne on Kerno and then Andrews on Mackay being at that second over the top fair bit, similar to Lever and May um, in a sense. Um, Martin and Motlop, yeah, obviously Motlop has to play based off our selections. We've got him in. So I think he was crucial last week. He two massive goals. I, I think that second last goal has not been talked about enough. I, I think, you know, obviously the Acres goal is going to be, you know, the special one, the last one. But I think the actual, you know, the skill of the, you know, Motlop goal was, you know, like he could have, I thought he hit it wrong. Like 100%. when he snapped it, I thought he hit it wrong. It's so hard to kick on the wrong side in terms of snapping it that way uh, with, you know, the game on the line. And, you know, we had the momentum against us, especially in that, you know, probably first 15 minutes of that last quarter. So, um, yeah, he has to play. He's got moments written all over him this weekend, Jesse. And, and Jack Martin as well, you know, snaps out of packs, taking big grabs, kicking goals. Um, and Jackie Martin's had a week off. So, and Harry as well has had a week off. I know he had a concussion, but it's probably good for the body to have a week off. So we're going to hit it hard this week and hopefully lead us to a uh, grand final berth, Pato. But on the last point, I think it's a really good point um, that you put in here with McKenna. I think, you know, as a forward, I, I think one of the most important things is not letting your opponent have impact the other way. And I think in the modern game, the last probably 10 or 10 years, halfbacks have become so valuable. In terms of how they play, um, you know, you got Sards, you got Sinclairs, all those types of halfbacks um, around the league, just so crucial and important. Rivers for Melbourne as well. Um, you know, all those types of halfbacks are so crucial to starting and kickstarting an attack. And McKenna, like you said, he's a he's a crazy man. Like he's the typical Irish type of player in terms of you don't know what the hell we're going to do, but you know they'll hit a target. Um, and he's got that pace, he's got that speed, and um, he's put together quite a solid year. He's stayed in the best 22 most weeks, um, So, which people were kind of surprised by probably at the start of the year because he's missed, you know, a couple of years of footy. So, yeah, uh, you, you probably look at, you know, whether it's, you know, Motlop, uh, not Motlop, um, Fogarty, you know, keeping an eye on him, 
Um, it's, it's got to be collective. I, I think it, for us to win the game and the way we've won the last two weeks hasn't been off individual, you know, focusing on individuals. I think as a team, we've got to not enable McKenna to get easy touches. You know, he'll have his kickouts and stuff like that. But when, you know, the ball's there to be won, I'd rather someone else have the ball in hand, right? like a Jack Payne or a Harris Andrews rather than yep. McKenna. Yep. You know, I'm not underrating Harris Andrews and Jack Payne, but I know McKenna can drive the ball forward um, into attack and um, get it deep inside 50 of the Gabba as well. Because like we said, it's all about, you know, foot speed, leg speed. Um, you know, it's a smaller smaller deck compared to uh, the MCG. So, they, and they play, about, play really well. Uh, I think they've won 11 games or 12 games there this year without a loss, but... You know, the media media has been saying they can't lose. They can't lose the Gabba. They can't lose. Very similar to the chat last week. Melbourne can't go back to back straight sets, can they? They can't. Well, we're to prove them wrong again, based off my prediction. I'm about to tell in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, like if if you're uh, if you're a usual tune, uh, like if you usually tune into our episodes, uh. I think I think Daffy and I I think we're a little bit, a little bit too too biased at, at the most of times. Uh, and once again, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a steep as well. Uh, I expect to see the blue baggies into uh the in the grand final of my well, but <laughs> it's yeah actually touch on that and and I think it's a good conversation. That's why I think it's a it, like I think that's why why we put it in the run sheet where uh, like say for Harry Mac- Harry Mackay. Harris Andrews or a um a Jack Payne was to go back and intercept that mark, I would rather like they can't have Connor McKenna running past to give him the handball. You can't allow that. And also, I, I don't. I'm pretty sure Kitty Commons still playing. Is it? Yeah, is he's it, good. He's in the best twenty-two. He's so he's he's good because yeah. I wasn't sure if he if he was still in because I rate him very highly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. another player where you can't allow that. You can't allow a Kitty Common or a Connor McKenna to go. Pass because you've got one right footer, then you've got one left footer, and they're both yeah. equally as equally as effective. So in, you oh. can't allow that, and that's why I, I completely agree. Where a, like a fog has to go straight to one of these guys and always keep an eye on him because if you get it, if they get it intercept, intercepted, uh, a defender, and they intercept the mark, you can't allow these guys running past because that's when, as you said. They drive the ball forward, and that's when Brisbane play their best, especially at the Gabba. But, of course, they're undefeated this year at the Gabba, and it's a very Brisbane-type game to lose this. They're at the prelim. They haven't <laughs> lost at the Gabba all year. Um, they're once again one win off the grand final. It's a very Brisbane-type um, way to lose. But, as you said then, Last week, Melbourne, no one was like, everyone was thinking, nah, there's no chance Melbourne will go straight sets. Yep. What, what do we do? So, yep. once again, it's a, it's another game where we've got nothing to lose. Brisbane's got all the pressure. We have a little bit of pressure, of course. I think it's worth sure. But yeah. we go into the game where we've got nothing to lose because no matter what happens at the Gabba on Saturday night, we've had a great season no matter what. So, yeah. I'm just now excited to watch the Carlton fucking footy club. You know, it's unbelievable. So, Daffy Boy, before we uh, wrap up the episode, as you, as you just touched on, then a bit of a sneak peek for uh, for the w- winner plus margin. But match predictions, mate, best on ground, point of difference, winner plus margin, who have you got? Yeah, so, you know, every week it's uh... – you know, it's straight from the from the brain, and sometimes from the heart too, and the gut. Um, different parts of my body uh, often uh, contribute to these predictions. But um, no, best on ground for me. I think he's going to get it again. I think he's he's leading the best finals player right now in terms of votes. I think the coaches' votes. It's going to be Sam Walsh. Um, yeah, he's going to be best on for me. He's went for Brisbane as a kid. Um and you know he's it's his first prelim final. We're talking about Sam Walsh in the prelim final, Pato. Um, it is exciting. It's it's getting getting the blood up and about. It. My blood pressure is going up right now just talking about it. But uh, yeah, I think Walshy uh, will be best on ground. I think he if he has a good game, I think it can really push us forward uh, to a victory. Hopefully, but it's not going to be easy. Let's just let's just get that out there. It is not going to be easy whatsoever. The Brisbane Lions are you know got a home final and a prelim for a reason. So. And uh, point of difference for me, point of difference, he's come back into the side. It's going to be Jack Martin. Um, it's going to be Jack Martin. I know he's had a good 
good, you know, 15 odd weeks. So it's hard to put him as point of difference. But I think people forgot we didn't have him and Harry Mackay playing last week. <laughs> I mean, we still beat Melbourne. So, um, yeah, Jack Martin, point of difference, key a couple of snags. Oh, 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 God. It's it's uh it's getting me excited. Um, but winner plus margin. I don't reckon all year we've tipped against Carlton, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd love to go through we'll we'll make sure we go we'll put a compilation of every prediction. <laughs> all right, and just see I honestly don't reckon we have. We even when we were on a six game, seven game losing streak, I think every episode we found a way to tip us. Um but now <laughs> You know, we're we're one win away from from the grand final, and I, I think the Blues are going to win by ten points, Pato. Um, once again, not going to be an easy game. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough because the Lions are a fantastic side. So, I think we're going to win by ten, and Jack Martin will kick the sealer on the run. What? Oh, <laughs> could you just imagine if it's Jack Martin, the guy who, like, he it was pretty much like, I mean, of course, he came to Carlton in a bit of. Um, like a bit of unusual circumstance where he went through the mid-season draft. He was, he was paid so much at, at, when he first came on. He was talked about not really being as great as what he was worth. He was on a very big pay packet, but now he is on very minimal. And yes, isn't he playing his probably career best football? Yeah, um, sure. I know probably his last season or second last season at, at the Suns was still quite solid, but I still think this year is in that role that he's playing right now. Once again, he's one of almost one of our most important players. Once again, we have so many players out there where if he's not playing, of course someone else steps up, but you, you just feel something not you feel something missing. And yeah, sure. Jack Martin and Harry McCoy, these two um two players that are vital to this um to this lineup. But so my match predictions, I'm gonna start off with the best on ground. It's gonna be Jacob Wiedering. It's cool. gonna be Jacob Wiedering. And I reckon it's it's gonna be a it, it, it's it's a it's a good conversation where it's Oscar McAnooney will probably go forward. Weeders will probably take him. He will. I reckon he'll get probably ten to fifteen intercept marks. He's going to be massive on the um on the prelim stage, and it's another chance for this guy to well and truly set himself alight and his club alight, where he could dominate this game. So yeah. if your if your key defender is dominating this game, we win. So that's yep. why I think Jake Wearing, it's vital that he plays a good game. Because if he's not on, we most likely lose. And most of our wins this year, he's been one of our best by a country mile. So best on ground, Jake Wearing. The my point of difference, I've gone with the other inclusion, and it's going to be Harry Mackay. Harry Mackay is going to be the point of difference. He, he's going to kick three or four, I'm calling. Um, and he's going to well and truly shut up those people who say that Charlie Kerner is better without Harry Mackay. Harry Mackay yeah. is Harry Mackay. He's a Coleman medalist, mate. And people yeah, say this shit. People say this shit, mate. <laughs> to the people that say that, Harry Mackay can ask, oh, okay, well, how many comments have you won? You dickhead. <laughs> you dickhead. So <laughs> Harry Mackay is going to be the point of difference. Now, winner plus margin. I've gone the Brisbane Lions by 67 points. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Blue baggers. Oh, by 20 points. Oh, 20 points. So instead of 10, I'm doubling it to 20 because, as you mentioned last week with the preview of the Demons, I don't think you can handle um, another heartache, um, <laughs> like a pressure game. Now, yeah. this week, I don't think I can handle it. Or else, <laughs> I, don't, I don't reckon I'll be here for the review. So oh. <laughs> I reckon blues by 20 points. Blues by 20 points. I just want a little bit of a calmer sort of uh, last five minutes and celebrate going into a grand final. That's my number one thing. So, but of course, if we win by two points, I'll still be happy, but I just might not be <laughs> happy. So, <laughs> so to uh, <laughs> not, not coming on the run sheet, but um, Ben, Dash Boy, before we wrap up our prelim preview, is there anything else you would like to touch on? Yeah, obviously, you know, um, all the best to the people flying up to Brizzy. Um, you know, we'd love to be there too. And, you know, the flight prices are ridiculous right now. Obviously, they chucked them up because I know Blue Bag is a, <laughs> a, a, a stupid and nuffy enough to uh, get up there. But, no, nah, seriously, it's um, it'll be a great experience up there. And, 
Um, for me personally, I'll be at the watch party at Icon Park on Saturday night, which will be very, very good. I've been to a couple in past years, 2011 and 2013, and there's always a good vibe around the place. Everyone's supporting the one cause. There's no Brisbane dickheads around or uh, opposition supporters around, which is which is fantastic. And you're at the home of our football club. And yeah. hopefully uh, after the siren, there's celebrations of Ligon Street because they could go until the early hours of the morning and I'll be there for it. So we might have to do the review on Ligon Street um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, live at 4am in the morning. But um yeah just just get around them we're in a prelim enjoy this week um soak it all in content wise as you know fox footies you know watch everything because um they're talking about us a fair bit and also uh to a good mate uh harrison mcfee good luck mate because we're gonna beat you yes <laughs> bloody harrow shit we might even, yes. we might actually need to send him a few messages actually because <laughs> right now i reckon i know so many Brisbane supporters because really of course, my partner is a yes. uh, she's a she's a dot. Well, she's not a diehard Brisbane supporter, but uh, <laughs> but she's of course a Brisbane supporter. So right now, to uh, all the supporters out there, we are talking at the moment because we are we are <laughs> we are able to talk. So she's a Brisbane supporter. I'm a Carlton supporter. So <laughs> we are right now not on talking terms. No, I'm kidding, Roxy. Uh, if you're watching, and don't think you are. Uh, shout out to you, but uh, you're still talking. Don't you worry. But of course, as as I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it through the episode or before we press record. But my cousin Mace is actually going up to the to the game, so um, he's a prison supporter as well. So um, I do know a, a lot of people. But yeah, Harrow. So shout, shout out to Harrow as well. Um, hopefully next year with the previews of Brisbane, who knows? We might even try and get him on for a chat. But um, yes. yeah, it's well, it's really well wrapped up, um, Daffy Boy. But. Uh, once again, uh, I, I'm going to see if I can try and go to Icon Park. I don't know if I can, uh, but I'm going to try and see if I can get around. Um, but I know that I will 100% be able to watch the game, um, but it's just whether I can actually get down to Icon Park because I don't know if I can handle a, a, a 3 or 4 a.m. Uh, uh, <laughs> time in the uh, Ligon Street, but uh, who knows yeah. that boy. But now, to all the viewers... And the subscribers out there, it has been a fantastic season for us at Baggers Chat. Now we don't know yep. if this is going to be our last preview. Hopefully, it's not. We have one more uh, for the grand final. Imagine that show. <laughs> grand final. But to all the viewers and listeners out there, well done to all of you because we've had an absolute blast the whole season, um, doing episodes t- twice a week. Um, but of course, Daffy Boy from from your end with the socials, um, credit to you. Um, We've both worked pretty hard throughout the year, um, and it's just uh, it's just so glad to we're so glad to see the Carlton, Carlton players going out there every single week and uh, getting some wins. But to you, Duffy boy, and to all the blue baggers out there, up oh, the baggers! baggers. <laughs>